welcome to another episode of Outside Lines Podcast. Uh, this is your co-host, uh, Jacob Newton here, um, giving you a little intro into uh, what we have uh, in store for you guys this week. Obviously, it's a big week here uh, for Cyclone football. We uh, have an amazing interview with a uh, former Cyclone wide receiver, Marcy Murdoch, that you guys are going to love. Um, we then also have a Cyhawk preview at the end of uh, our interview with Marchie. And, um, you know, just some heads up here, super producer Liam is, is not, uh, not around here for, for this, this week's episode, unfortunately. So fans of Liam, you'll have to wait for, for next week's episode. Um, and other than that, as always, we are sponsored by BNC Fieldhouse, um, you know, shout out to Ben King of Ames, make sure that you're, you're there at, at AJ's and, um, Mickey's and BNC Fieldhouse, best place to watch cycling games, best place to go out on Friday night, Saturday night, any night of the week, actually. Um, hopefully be there in Ames and, and hanging out with Ben himself this upcoming weekend, uh, as we'll all be back for Cyhawk. So um, with that, we'll hop into the Marchy interview and we hope you guys really enjoy it. Thanks. Roll clones. All right. Today, we welcome in a very special guest, Illini graduate, ISU transfer, 2017 ISU academic award winner, smart guy, and guy with a really cool name, Marchie Murdoch. So, Marchie, first of all, you were part of the legendary 2017 uh, team, and it was just a joy to watch. I feel like it was a lot of Cyclones fans, you know, homecoming season where they kind of we're able to get back into cycling football and think, holy shit, we're good again. So, you know, one of those things that that really contributed to the success was really just your game style. And mm -hmm. I don't know, I think in your first four games, I could be wrong there, but you you had like 16 catches and four touchdowns already. So mm -hmm. one in every four catches you were getting, you were taken to the house. I right. mean, describe that 2017 season for us and just kind of how special it was for you to get things kickstarted with that team? Uh, well, 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 first off, appreciate you guys having me. Um, always been following you guys, especially on social media, Instagram, Twitter. So appreciate you guys having me on. Um, but to answer your question, we kind of knew that the 2017 team was going to be good just in the off season. Um, we were kind of ticked off about that 2016 season. Um, it, I know Cyclone fan remember we kind of, we kind of gave away a couple of games. Um, thinking back to that Baylor game, that first conference game at home, that 2016 year. And there was just a couple of games that we felt like, you know, we really just literally handed them the game. We were out playing the teams. Uh, so we kind of went into off season mode and, you know, it was tough. You know, there were guys that ended up leaving or, you know, guys that, you know, just didn't buy in. But for the most part, the whole team did. I credit um, Alan Lazar, David Montgomery, for sure. Um, Deshante Jones. Um, Hakeem, a lot of a lot of the guys, Kyle Kemp, um, you know, a lot of those guys, you know, on Fridays and Saturdays, you know, normal college stuff in the offseason, you know, you see, you know, most guys going out, but a lot of guys really, you know, kind of honed in on their craft, you know, got some extra time in the facility, even on the late nights, um, you would see David was probably really probably the first one. Um, and obviously we see what he's doing now, but, you know, it started, you know, in 2017 the off season, he was the guy that, you know, Friday nights, instead of going out to size and, you know, going out and stuff, being on Welch, you know, he was 
in the, in, the, in the facility in the lab you know getting after it you know kind of showing guys that he wanted it and uh we all wanted it um but he was just kind of that first one so you know I always give credit to David Allen Allen was one of those first guys you know getting the work in just because we really wanted it bad and I think uh you know obviously with coach Campbell's leadership and the staff they kind of put in our head that you know the big 12 can be one we just have to put in the work and uh you know we did that in the off season and we went into the 2017 year um we avenged our loss against uh northern Iowa we kind of had a you know a really good feeling I think the turning point I think one of the early turning points of the season was that Iowa game we felt like you know, we outplayed them. We felt like, you know, we, we really should have won the game. But when we had to make those winning plays, we just, we just you know, we were just almost there. And, you know, that, that kind of left a big um, – that, that stung. It really hurt because obviously it was my last year, our last year um, yeah. as seniors going against them. And we were at home and it was on, you know, primetime national television. Um, and, and we felt like we, we played really well we just came up short. And then um, I think, but the true turning point of the season was that Thursday night game against Texas, um, especially offensively. We, we, we just didn't play well and uh, you know, it, it, it sucked. And coach Campbell kind of just got us all together and was like, look, this is the turning point. Either the season's going to go bad and we're just going to go back to where we were last year or we're going to step up and, you know, it's not getting any easier. We got to go into the number four team in the nation in Oklahoma's house and, and, and get a win. And uh, we grinded our butts off that whole off week um, leading into the game. And then obviously um, things happen and, you know, you go in with a third string quarterback, you know, I, I hadn't, you know, I knew Kyle was, I knew one thing about Kyle is that he knew the offense. He knew where to go with the football so I was kind of calm, but I was still nervous. Like, you know, we haven't seen this guy in game action and he yeah. comes in there and he, and he's calm, cool, collected. Like he always is nothing gets to him. And he just, he just played and we just fit, kind of fit after, you know, f that first half we were kind of shaking. We were like, we went into halftime, like, bro, you know, these guys, they're good. You know, they're talented, but they're not, I don't, I don't think they're better than us. So we just went out there and we just, let it loose and we ended up playing you know and that and that kind of that started that <clears throat> October tradition where you know we we just it, it was probably the best time of my life honestly because you know right after Oklahoma game we go on a crazy win streak you know the, the season was just kind of magical even though we kind of came up short towards the end of the year um, we ended up finishing off in uh, Memphis and that's Memphis you know through that year, there were games where, you know, the TCU game comes to mind where <clears throat> old Iowa State, we just, we somehow let, even though we were struggling on offense in the second half, our defense held on and held on and kept fighting and keep creating turnovers and, and just holding on for dear life. And then, you know, the defense comes through with a, with a pick at the end and Marcel and, that's that's usually the old Iowa State. They lose those type of games where it's a dog fight and we just somehow just don't make the play or we make a mistake, a key mistake in the end to lose. But, you know, that year it was kind of that changing of the guard is, you know, we we kind of learned how to win. 
Um, even the older guys, because, you know, a lot of the older guys, they were winning like maybe three games, you know. Uh, and so we were learning how to win games. And as we learned how to win games, you know, then that younger class, they're, they're starting to see like, oh, this is, you know, this is what they expect. They expect to win. And then, you know, the next year comes and, and we, we win seven, eight games. And then the next year comes, we win seven, eight games. Then it's like, okay, we're tired of winning eight games. Then this past year we get to the, you know, the goal was, Hey, let's get to the big Twelve championship and try to win this thing. And they get there. So now the goal is, you know, we don't want to just get there. Now we want to, we want to win this thing. And, you know, we have a really good team to do that. And you could just see each year it keeps getting better and better and better. And uh, I'm always proud of that because I, I kind of feel like we, we kind of laid the foundation, we laid the groundwork. And then now these guys are, you know, the number seven team in the country preseason. Like who would have ever thought four or five years ago that Iowa State is a preseason number seven rank. Like that's just, it's just crazy to, to even think about. But this is kind of what we envision. Like, all right, even though it's our last year, you know, we need for these young guys to have to see like, all right, this is what winning is about. And then they're going to lead the the, you know, the next classes to come. And now it's kind of starting a domino effect. And now guys are, you know, even talented guys um, that are getting recruited by top teams in the country. They're starting to put Iowa State in the mix and like, you know what, Iowa State, we could do something special here. And now got, and we're starting to get guys like Brees Hall and, you know, a lot of talented guys from everywhere. So, um, you know, that 2017 season was, I think, very special and uh, something that I hope, um, you know, Cycle Nation don't forget. Mm-hmm. I don't think any of us forget it at all. <laughs> yeah, no, it was a legendary season, man. Jeez. Um, just so kind of like going to the, the beginning of that, you know, you were at Illinois and mm-hmm. you decided you were in grad transfer. So like, what was it about, you know, Iowa state, Matt Campbell, that kind of pitch that, you know, made you want to come here. You know, it's not like before Matt, there was anything too spectacular or mm-hmm. like, you know, I, uh, I was there for, for all those years at the end of Rhodes and like, it was really hard to get excited yeah. about football. So what, what kind of like sold you on it? What was Matt's pitch? So to be perfectly honest, I, I only time I really knew about Iowa State is when I was in high school. I went to Iowa State TCU game, and it's funny. Um, Iowa State ended up beating TCU that day. I think is his name, Josh Lins. He took like he had like a crazy game. And I was like, who is this guy? But anyways, fast forward years later, I went to Illinois. Um, just, just it just didn't work out. Uh, with the things over there. So I was actually committed to Texas state. I was really sold on coming back home, being in the, being in the state of Texas again. And, um, um, coach Golish gives me a call cause he had just left Illinois and went to Iowa state. And, you know, I was, I really wasn't kind of hearing them out. Cause I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of tired of the Midwest. I kind of want to go home, be, you know, in warm weather most of the year. Um, but, so I, I called my dad and I was just like, you know, Iowa State called me today, you know, just telling him. He was like, Iowa State, I mean, you know, they're in the Big 12. I'm like, yeah. He's like, you know, they play Texas, Texas Tech, Baylor, all the teams that you wanted, you know, wanted to play for when you were younger. Now you have the chance to beat them. He's like, why don't you just drive over there 
and just see what it's about. I mean, it's, it's not going to hurt you. So I was like, all right. So, you know, we set it up where I, I drove from uh, Champaign to Ames. Um, and what they basically what they were telling me was, you know, I, I would basically be a key piece coming in. Um, obviously, I would have to work for my spot. And um, but they're trying to change the culture around and I could be a part of it. And I just felt like, you know, part I think most of it was my dad. He was kind of look, you you know, you're gonna play against the teams that you you dreamed of playing for, and now you're gonna be able to play against them. You're gonna be able to play against Texas teams and all that. And on top of that, Coach Campbell, um, all and all the staff was basically like, look, you know, we're trying to change things around, and you'll be a vital piece to it. Um, and also, you know, Coach Campbell was just a real relatable guy I think he was a guy that I felt he, he kind of reminded me of my 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 pops in a way because my pops was my coach as well uh, my pops didn't take no crap you know as far as you know if if you can perform and you can play then you're gonna play um and I, and from my previous stint at Lenoir, I just felt that you know at that time I wasn't getting that fair that fair shot and that fair um I guess you know, because if you make mistakes, um, it was kind of like, you know, get out the game, you know, and obviously you're going to make mistakes in the game. But with Coach Campbell, it was like, look, we know you can play. You don't have to worry about that. We we know what was going on over there. And so, you know, you just go out and play. You can have fun and be yourself because I think the great thing about Coach Campbell is he's a man's he demands so much out of you but he wants you to be you while you're playing. So if, you know, if you talk noise and that's how you play, well, do that. Do whatever makes you play hard, but do it within, you know, the system. Do it within, you know, do it for your teammates. Don't, you know, get bad penalties and stuff like that. But with Coach Campbell, he was just really a relatable guy. He was a guy that, you know, I felt like I could trust and, um, and the coaching staff as well. And so I just I took a chance, ended up committing, and I think that was one of the best decisions I've ever made. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not good enough to play football for Matt Campbell, but holy <laughs> shit, if I had a chance, I would hop on yeah. that. Um, yeah. And all right, I'm a I'm a, like a firm believer that we don't tell each other we love each other enough. We don't tell each other we appreciate each other enough. So, Marchie, I appreciate you. And do you want to know why? Why? Because you're pretty much like every other Iowa State fan. When I saw the Liberty mm -hmm. Bowl interview, I know mm -hmm. you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you just went off. And you were talking. Yeah. So to fill everyone else in, um, Memphis turned Iowa State's helmet upside down right before they took a, a media picture and pissed a lot of people off. I thought it was a dumbass decision because I'm like, who the hell wants to ignite more of the flame right before the bowl, the bowl game. So mm -hmm. I thought it was stupid. And I was honestly in a weird way pumped that they did it. Cause I knew it was just yeah. going to fire you guys up. And then afterward, when we won, Marchie's over here saying it did piss us off. And I kind of, I love that because yeah. so many athletes, I feel, you know, they, they feel like they have to fabricate their words. They feel like they have to be, uh, you know, PC, they, they have to be politically correct. Um, and that wasn't you at that moment. You're, yeah. you're, you're shooting straight from the hip. And that was exactly what every other Iowa State fan wanted. And that's kind of how we talk, too. And, um, yeah, so walk me through what was going on in that mm -hmm. Liberty Bowl interview. Because that was my favorite interview I might have ever seen. Yeah. At least from an Iowa State player. And it was, it was damn funny, too. Well, um, for me, like, obviously, you guys know, you follow me on social media. I'm kind of uh, outspoken 
Um, I just I just like to get my opinion across. I know people may not like it, or or they may do. Um, I could I don't say I could care less, but you know I just truly fits mean what I say. And so uh, getting first off, we were kind of already we we kind of felt like. And I think this is just the greatness of Coach Campbell. He psyched us up to saying, like, they disrespected us by having a bowl game and then we're playing Memphis. So you're already down 20. Like he was, you know what I'm saying? Like, you shouldn't even think you're getting a call this game. you got to make it. You've got to beat these guys down to where, you know, you can't leave it in the ref's hands. And so we were already kind of psyched getting on the plane, but we were psyched just to be going to the bowl game you know the fans was already packing up memphis like each day like i'm telling you we got there monday by tuesday by wednesday it was like yo it's gonna be crazy by the time saturday comes and so uh credit to the iowa state fans for that but just when it happened i don't remember what day but um you know we're obviously you know we have social media so guys are on their phone and we see that they flip the helmet upside down and we were kind of like dang like you know there was no talking there wasn't any like animosity uh so we we just felt like that's so that's that's how they have that's how Memphis feels and we're like we just played in the big 12 you know teams like Oklahoma don't do that you know they just play us they you know they probably already think they're better than us but they just play us and uh you know even now you know a couple couple of months ago, one of Oklahoma's best players, or I think Texas is one of Texas's best players said that the only two teams he respected in the conference was Oklahoma and Iowa state. So how do we have the big 12s respect and we don't have the Memphis's respect. So that's how we, we kind of just feel like it's, it's the whole city against Iowa state. Um, and so we had that mentality, like, okay, if that's how they want it, if that's what they want to do, we can take it there, you know, cause we was we was coming into the bowl game thinking that it was a street fight anyway. We knew they were a good team, but we didn't care, honestly. We knew it was their home field and they, you know, might possibly, you know, have most of their home stadium filled up with blue, but we didn't care. We also didn't know that Iowa State fans was gonna travel like they did and make it half and half, but we just didn't care. And but we did feel really disrespected. Um there was I don't know if y'all heard about it but so we have the little uh bowl game dinner and stuff there was a lot of anim- there was like a lot of tension in the room like it was crazy like even the ad's were like going back and forth and kind of talking noise yeah so like uh oh, jamie so this is when i kind of gain respect for jamie like true respect for jamie pollard he gets up there and he's like you know we're gonna be in memphis yeah we we, we love the memphis hospitality but we're gonna. But when it comes on Saturday, we're gonna mop the floor with the whole city, and we and everybody just gets up, starts clapping, and the Memphis AD comes up. He says, "You know, they're not losing in their home city." So it was kind of like, you know, as we're leaving, we had to cross the Memphis, you know, and they had the security, and then you know they eyeing us, we eyeing them, and so when the kind of like that, the Iowa band walking through, yeah, the it was like it was like, yeah, you don't want to cross there. <laughs> yeah, the tension, the tension was crazy. So on game day, like we were, it was we were psyched, we were ready to go. They they disrespected us, so we ended up winning. We pulled it out, and uh, I just kind of let it loose because <laughs> right before, right right after the game ends, 
I'm, I'm hype, man. So when I'm jacked up, I'm jacked. So I'm jacked up because I'm like, we we just won the bowl game in their home field. Like this is crazy. So I'm I'm talking noise. I'm like, I'm I'm put up. So <laughs> I pull my helmet upside down and I'm like, we just won in your home stadium in your own city because you know I rem- if I remember the if you remember the Memphis guy was like, we're not losing. I'm not losing my last game at home. So I kind of I went straight over to the Memphis side. You just lost your last game at home. It was kind of a scuffle. And then and then after the scuffle, like five minutes later, the reporter comes up and I basically just tell him, look, you know, this they disrespected us. Um, you know, we just came here to play ball. That and that's really what we what we came down to do. We just came down to play ball, try and win a football game. It wasn't really, you know, we respected them, but you know, if you disrespect us, we're going to remember it. And we're going to return the favor when every when when the actual football game happens, because talking doesn't mean anything. But we're going to be the ones talking after the game. So that's basically what it was. They're basically just telling them, like, yeah, you know, you you talk before the game, but I get the last laugh. And so and then that's when I said at the end, he lost. He lost his last game in his own stadium. Yeah. <laughs> and then Keem pulled me off and we ran off. We celebrated. Well, that, that was what was so funny. Keem's uh, reaction was just like. Because yeah. <laughs> like, Keem didn't know. Because Keem didn't know I was going to say it. But I was just kind of like. And it was kind of too like. Well, he was all saying. It's, it's my Keem last won. game. Like, I don't got yeah. any eligibility <laughs> left. I might as well just. That's what I was wondering. I'm like, you don't have to worry about coming back to Iowa yeah, State. Yeah, I don't have to. Having Campbell rip before that. You're like. Yeah, I'm out of here, man. <laughs> but you could tell there was disrespect because what does Allen do in the press conference? Oh, yeah. Make sure that their helmet's upside down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and Campbell loved that. That was the best part. Yeah. Is it was like while Campbell was in the room and mm-hmm. the video that like went viral with it, mm-hmm. you can see Allen do it. And Campbell like smiles a little bit and then realizes it. And yeah. then it's like, oh, like I'm the coach. I love yeah. that. But I'm the coach. But, but, see, I mean, but see, this is what people so don't know about Coach Campbell, man. Like that dude has a boulder on his back. Like the Big 12 championship game where he was like going ballistic. Like I've seen that so many times. If he's doing that to a player, one of the coaches, if he doesn't like something. Like, has he, he ever pointed at you like that? You know, just a, has he not me, you? but I've seen it to some, you know, I'm like, did, like he has a side to him that like he gets there, you know, he, but like I said, he wants to win so bad. He wants to, he demands so much out of us and demands excellence. You know, he demanded excellence out of the refs. Cause obviously the refs weren't doing their job in the game, but you know, coach Campbell, he has that type of, he has that swagger, man. Like he, he has that swagger as a coach that like, you want to fight for a dude like that. You want to, you want to go play for a dude like that. He has a swagger. He has, he's going to, he's going to back you up, you know, when you need it, you know, and I don't think a lot of the, a lot of coaches nowadays back their players up like he does, man. And, and truly does. And so I appreciate coach Campbell and, you know, he has a chip on his shoulder. So if you, you're going to disrespect us like that, you know, after the game, he's going he's gonna to make sure you know that, you know, we're the, we're the ones laughing. Love that, man. So, okay, with 2017, you guys had so many, like, great moments, great highs. What was your favorite just, like, post-game celebration slash, like, locker room? Just, like, oh, general, like, end of the game, like, 
you know, what was your favorite? Was it Oklahoma, TCU, bowl game? I, I feel like they're all amazing in their own ways, but do you have a, a personal favorite? That Oklahoma game was special. Uh, it, it, I don't know, because I don't know, like, even when I got into the locker room, I had no idea what we just did. Like, it, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was just so, like, we were, like, we were cheer, we were jumping around, and they were all in the middle, and I kind of was just in the outside, like, yo, like, you know, we just beat Oklahoma in there. Like, you know, you believe it, but, like, when it truly happens and you exhaust everything, like, it's just a different feeling. It was just – it was incredible. But I will say, TCU, I was I was 10 times more exhausted, like, literally going – because I think I ran around the stadium, like, five times. Because I was like, I'm going to enjoy – you know, obviously, growing up, you see, you know, upsets and, and fans storm the field. Um, and that's the one and – and so if I had to pick, I'd probably pick TCU um, because – we got to celebrate with the fans. We got to celebrate with everybody, and it was at home. Um, if had Oklahoma been at home, then it would probably would have been Oklahoma because it was a bigger – to me, it was a bigger win. But TCU yeah. was probably my favorite moment just because we got to celebrate with the fans. I did the crazy band thing. Um, and then, I mean, inside the locker room, like, I was so – I didn't even, like, sell it, like, you know, when people – they have that famous – I was, like, in the back, like, I need an IV. Like, I am tired. <laughs> I couldn't even really celebrate after the game because I was in my locker, like, whew, like, I am exhausted, you know. And, and that's the best feeling, though, when you give everything. Um, and, you know, I was hugging Marcel like crazy after the game. But um, it was it was it was a crazy the whole the whole you know the fans the atmosphere outside of the stadium just you know getting through the the whole crowd the Sweet Caroline everything was just amazing so I would have to say the TCU moment. What was so funny about the TCU and when we were in Barstool we were just talking about this on our last uh, interview with Bryce, but pretty much some content came easy and some didn't. And that mm -hmm. TCU game was the easiest content to come by. You had, I think it was Brian Peavy. Um, like yeah, some, the, uh, was asking what is, him, he's like, what is Dilly Dilly? Yeah. He's like, what's Dilly Dilly. And the, the, I thought this was low key. One of the funniest things, but if you like took a drone shot over the, the fans on the stadium, mm -hmm. everyone was in costumes because that was during Halloween. Yeah. And then, dude, then of course, you just jumped up and became yeah. a conductor for the marching band, yeah. the Marchy band. I just came <laughs> yeah. up with that. I swear. I did that. I wish I, I wish I was still on the team. I'd have my name, image, and likeness would be crazy. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> I would have had the band shirts, the Marchy band. Oh, man. It would have been. They did they, college football. The uh, whoever college NCAA they did us wrong. We need to. I don't know who we even go to for this. Maybe the band director. We should ask the band director if we can sell shirts that has like you know your little silhouette over it that mm -hmm. says the Marchy Band. Yeah, I can. I can Let's just make it. it. Yeah, like we, it. Yeah, we gotta talk. I mean, I'll be there in a couple weeks, so I'll see the band. They probably gonna ha have a little, you know, special. I don't know what they'll do, but yeah, I, I mean, I'll be there in a couple, like next week. So, 
Yeah, you should go to their next um, – I don't know, is it a tournament or their next – whenever they compete against the other bands. And mm-hmm. you, you deserve some flowers too. Yeah, awesome. I mean, I, lo- I look, I love the band. The band keeps – I think the band is one of the most underrated parts of every game day, um, especially on third down where they're creating noise. Um, they, they could be a factor in the game. And I just, I just always appreciated the band's – um you know dedication they're out there in the heat just like us practicing they're carrying equipments and you know playing music because i tried music in like kindergarten that is not easy trying to read music what what instrument guy out man they had me on the flute i was like i'm a drummer they had you on the flute i i was a drummer you should have been a drummer i was (laughs) i was trying to be a drummer but I don't even think we even had drummers, but I just wanted to be the drummer. Like they had us doing xylophones and flutes. So I was like, man, I'm about to break this stuff. I'm hitting it hard. Do, 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 you know? <laughs> so, but yeah, I've, I've always appreciated the bands. And like I said, man, when I'm jacked up, I kind of just blanked out when I did it. Like I didn't, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you notice, I think on the uh, ABC shot, like I literally almost fell because I was like climbing it, and then I tried to like do both of my hands, and I realized I have cleats on, and I don't really have that stretch <laughs> like regular shoe. And I was like leaning back a little bit, so I grab it and I just do it with one. And I was like, I hope they don't see. And then I look to the <laughs> left, and there's a camera. I'm like, there's a little wire camera right there, so I'm like, I might be on TV. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, this is crazy. That that was a great moment. But I did ask. I think a lot of people ask if I like ask the person, did I go up there or do I just, I did ask the the lady that was conducting the band, could I go up there? And she was like, yeah. You, like, you could yeah. tell she was for it. Like the pictures yeah. that are with you and, and her, we need to get her name. Throw yeah, her we on do, We do, we need to get her name. I've never known her <laughs> name. Uh, and um, if you're one of our, I don't know, hundred something listeners and you were with Margie, uh, let us know. We'll, we'll mm-hmm. give your name. Or if call. anybody knows her, just get in, get, get in, Get in contact with me so I can get in contact with her. The internet's a wonderful thing. I'm not, I'm honestly kind of hopeful for this. Um, Okay. My next question is just about, you know, the transition from park to Kemp. Um, Mm. I don't know if if you guys relate Mm -hmm. to this at all, but I kind of saw it as a similar ordeal with like Wentz and Foles, you know, two different quarterbacks. Kemp throws just a beautifully catchable ball and Mm -hmm. very just intelligent, you know, he's just a gamer in his mind. Yeah. And Park is a little bit more athletically based, you know, throws mm-hmm. on the run, makes some moves, uh, kind of like Wentz versus Foles. When that was a whole fiasco, people were like, oh, I think I like Foles a little bit more. And that was kind of the vibe I got, you know, with Kempton Park. So I, if, if you don't mind, I'm going to share my screen and I'm going to play one of your uh, highlights from the Kansas State game. We don't need to talk about the outcome of that game because you – know, <laughs> That, that was a that was a pretty shitty ending. Honestly, but, if we if we had a won that game, that would have probably been that probably would have been tied with the Oklahoma win. I really I really favorite. wanted to beat Kansas State. Well, the, yeah, I, I mean we hadn't beat them for so long, and yeah, it and, so and it would have been in their you know it would have been in their house, and then I thought we thought that was gonna be bit Snyder's last year, and so we were like if we beat them here in his last game, like. Bro, that's like that's like what you know Iowa State fans want. That's like a storybook ending for us. We did, we did get that the next year because we did yeah. beat him in his last game the next no. year, and it was it was no. pretty nice. But okay, <laughs> they almost gave so, me a heart attack. What? Oh, 
Holy shit. All right. <laughs> so for our listeners, um, just playing the highlight from the Kansas State game, pretty much what Kemp does right here is he just throws Marky open. Yeah. Now this, like, if you look at the highlight, it might not look like the most outstanding thing here. Um, mm-hmm. Just because, you know, Marchie gets pretty wide open toward the end of the play and just reels it in. It almost looks like a play that was almost too easy, you know. But that's one thing that I love about Kemp. You know, he threw you open. That was probably a spot on the field, you know, back end zone. I don't even know if you were designed to cut out on that play. But that's, yeah. that's why I call throwing you open. And also on your end, that's hard as hell to make that adjustment. To go mm-hmm. inward and to have the balance and athleticism to cut out and still find the ball – Mm-hmm. I mean, I wasn't that great of a receiver, but I played and I know how tough that is. And so I guess, you know, walk me through your transition going from Park to Kemp. What do you like about Kemp and, and kind of how you found your rhythm with a couple different quarterbacks? Because I'll play another highlight here in a moment, but Park threw you open too on a, on a play against Akron, maybe a little bit lesser competition, mm-hmm. but, you know, just two different, you know, play styles with their quarterbacks and you found a way to make them both mm-hmm. work. Well, I think uh, with with uh, Jacob, um, Jacob was my guy too. Uh, we had a really good relationship. Uh, he's more athletic. Probably got the he's probably got the stronger arm. If you're looking at a quarterback on paper, he has all the intangibles. He can escape the pocket, get you first down if needed. Um, he can throw the ball. He had with power. He had an accuracy touch. Um, I just think he was going through some stuff. So. Kind of, stuff kind of held him back as far as um, just him being, you know, on the field and him just being allowed to just focus and play. Um, but the thing with Kyle is Kyle knows the playbook in and out. So with a guy like that, um, even in the clip, we ran that route to basically, you know, I was stuttering because usually the safety was popping out. They were going to think that I was going to run like a some type of out or corner out. Uh, and so basically in that gap that I was stuttering, I was just going to come in and basically find the hole. He was going to throw me open near the goalpost. Well, they played it well, but Kyle's so smart. He sees the area outside. And I was thinking the same thing that he was just because hey, there's area out here, just throw a back shoulder. That's exactly what he did. He threw a back shoulder and away from the uh, defensive back. That way I was the only person that can get it. And then obviously uh, he trusted me to basically go run um, because I did stop, then run up, and then stop again and then track the ball. Um, I think the DB, he didn't do a very good job of basically – you know, after, he just basically didn't track the ball as fast as I did. Um, but I kind of knew where Kyle was going to go just because it was covered. He was staring me down. I was basically the only person that was getting the ball. And so he threw it to the back pylon and I just I took off. And I thought I was going to, you know, be, you know, I thought I had to really speed up. And then the way the ball was thrown, it was kind of wobbly. But if, if people knew, if I'm like, if I remember, Kyle's like shoulder was like banged up, like very, very, very bad. Like he couldn't throw as you know, he he could not like he didn't have an arm. He could throw, but he just could, you know, he couldn't put the the true touch or 
the the oomph that you would have for a quarterback. Uh, but he got it out there. The ball was kind of wobbly. But as a receiver, man, he trusted me enough to to throw me the football. So it was just my job to just catch the ball. Um, and so I did. It was a great play by Kyle. Um, give him really all the credit. Um, but, yeah, Kyle's just a smart guy, man, just a football guy. He'll be a great coach. He just knows the game of football. He knows the quarterback position. Um, I mean, I'm telling you, he knew. Like, going into the Oklahoma game, I was so – like, I was nervous, but, like, I was also, like, Kyle knows everything. So there's no way – if they show a, a, a certain coverage, he knows what to do. If He knows it. If he needs to check the ball down to David, he knows what to – take that throw to Alan Lazar because they're playing man-to-man. Um, he knows – he just knows where to go with the football. And for quarterback, that's like most of the battle that you have to have as a at the quarterback position. You there is an art him. to trusting your receivers. It's not easy to do, and that's what he did. Yeah, yeah. and, you know, they're – Basically, you see the defense, you read it. Okay, this is what we can do. This is what's not good. Okay, check out of this. You know, there's there's mental aspects of the game that regular fans just, you know, regular fans just see the play. But they don't know, like, oh, that wasn't the right play. Let's let's get out of this and let's go to this. So I think Kyle knew everything. Um, and he, you know, he was just, you know, once he's calm, cool, and collected, he knows what he's doing, man. He's just going to let it rip. And that's what he did, and that's the type of quarterback he was. He he takes preparation very seriously, um, and he prepares like crazy. And, uh, you know, if something didn't work out, we're going to work on it a little extra to where, like I said, for the back shoulder, he knew that, hey, they're not going to have anybody in the back towards the back pylon in the end zone. I'm just going to throw it here and trust Marchie to go get it. That's basically what happened on that clip. Yeah, it was a great play, man. All right. I always have to address this. We brought up with Rory, but um, – and we kind of mentioned the Texas game, but those bugle helmets, when you guys, like, saw those as players, did you guys just, like, lose all momentum going to that game? Like, we have to wear this, or, or what was up with that? Because they're still pushing that logo, and it's just – it's got to go. With the tornado? Yeah. I love like it. it. You I got you like it. the bugle? I, I, really? I love it. I love it with the uh I love it with the cardinal. I love the okay one with the cardinal. That's actually um, a decent logo. But know, like the I, I, I really love the cardinal with the uh, tornado one. The tornado, it was cool. To me, I didn't like I didn't like the gray pants. <laughs> I didn't like the grays. Uh just gray no. struggles as a, a uniform color. <laughs> yeah, it was you know, gray with cardinal with gold. It was just kind of a weird combo. Now I'm gonna swag it out. I'm gonna figure out a way to swag it out. Uh, <laughs> but you know, and that night we wore red helmets, red jersey with gray pants. And I was just, you know, honestly, I wanted to go all red. Uh, just you know, Texas was going all white. Why don't we just go all red? Or heck, give me some black jerseys. Uh, you know, cause I was pushing black jerseys as soon as we got there, but you know, then they were like, Iowa wears black jerseys. And I was like, we wear black and red. So, <laughs> and then, you know, the next year they wear black jerseys. So it's, and so it's just like, whatever. But I, I think this, I think the, uh, <laughs> it almost looks like that one chip, the bugle. The yeah. The chips. bugle. Did, yeah. Can you guys see my screen? It does, it does look like I'm pulling it up. Chips. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can literally see on Google Iowa State bugle up here. <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, the symbol isn't bad. It's just I really felt like the cardinal, like the, the cardinal. The '80s tornado logo is so yeah. good, and they refuse to use it, and it yeah. just frustrates me to no yeah, end. They, they should, yeah, you know, dude. They're bringing that back. I, 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 it's a prediction. I don't know, but on one of their like wallpapers that they had on their Twitter account, it was exactly that exact same throwback with that tornado. Dude, I'll send it to you. It looks pretty the Iowa State above it. It's, it's such a good logo. It's a teaser. I think they're going to do a throwback this year. It's my hot take. Yeah. We are the only team with the nickname Cyclones, and we brand as a block letter I with state across it. Like, yeah. lean into the tornado it. aspect just a little bit. It just yeah. it'll give you that national recognition. It's my yeah. only peeve. Um. Marchie, you have a badass name. Mm-hmm. Do you know that? <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, early when I was younger, it was kind of like Marchie. What's why is the name Marchie? But as I got older, people started liking it more and more. And then people were like, "You have a TV name." So I was like, "Well, I play football. I'm on TV. So hopefully, they'll be saying my name a lot." Damn. What? So you're you are a Saints fan, right? Mm-hmm. All right, yep. here's another stupid name pun. If they drafted you, then they could have used your name to market their team and said, the Saints go marchy in. I think I'm done with the name puns. I should – I kind of regret saying that I'm one. telling you, man, <laughs> I had I had stuff planned out. I really did. I had – I had, you know, if I was a Saint, like I had brand and marketing. It was it was going to be – my shirts were going to be official. Give I me was part of – um well unless it was saints go marchy in well that was like part of it you know what i'm saying like the saints go marchy in and i have like a bunch of foot soldiers on the jersey but it's like my face so you're like marchy in you know and they're like marching up to the saint stadium like i had this stuff i had that stuff branded and ready to go like i was i was sending it to whoever just to get that done but also uh I had a shirt called Saint March, because you know, like this, like I don't even know the is it the the is it the Pope? They call him like he's like a saint, isn't he? Ah, uh, no, there's not a, some. There's somebody famous. Like there's somebody famous. Yeah, there's somebody famous that's like the saint. That's like a saint. I can't like, remember. Pope John know. Paul, I think, was the last pope to be a saint. I, my, yeah. my mom but, is, um, but it was gonna have it was basically <laughs> it was gonna have me like in one of those um i don't know it was gonna be like a big saints but i'm like praying and I, it's like saint march so i had a whole bunch of ideas man I, I i was i was branding and marketing myself um like i said if i would have had name and likeness man i would have went i would have made a killing yeah, that that would uh you you could do a lot with it. Um, all right. So one thing I, I always like kind of want to know what what's just like. Can you explain sort of the difference at, at playing for Illinois for a couple of years, like just mm-hmm. game day atmosphere, all that kind of stuff, playing in the Big Ten, <laughs> and then you come to Iowa State playing in Ames, Big Twelve. Just some things that as a player you notice. That's the difference between the two. Also, congrats on the Nebraska one. Yeah, that was big. That was big. That was big. <laughs> I uh, thought we were going to choke it at the end, um, but that was a big win. So shout out to Illinois. Um, I noticed from the first game, it was different. 
Um, my first game, we lost to Northern Iowa, actually, in 2016. But I was like, these guys just came off a three-win season, and it's 60,000 fans packed. I had never – I had that was the first time I had been to a home game where it was sold out. Illinois games are never sold out. I love the fans, but it's just never sold out. Um, I don't know what it is. You know, it's pretty much the same size. It's just never sold out. Um, but when you come out that tunnel at Jack Trice, and it's 60,000 in red and, and cardinal and gold, it's different. You know, it's just – it's it's something that amps you up. It's something that, like, you dream of when you're playing in the backyard. Like, I'm running out the tunnel, and there's just – fans screaming and so I knew right then that this was different you know like even when we were losing it was packed for the most part like it was still like all right we're win or lose so when we actually started winning it made the game day atmosphere even more better because it was like now fans expect to win so they're like cheering like you know that they, they may be drunk they you know I know I know what the what the student section they sneaked a little it we were like, drunk. We were drunk. They sneak. They they put the little alcohol mix yeah. with the coffee. Sure yeah, I, best friend. Yeah. So especially in the winter time. So I, you know, I knew, but it was just it was so exciting to see the student section. Like I had our student section didn't fill up until right before kickoff at Illinois. The student section at Iowa State was there in warmups. Like that's different. You know that 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 just that keeps you amped up and that's different. So I thought the fans is a big difference. Um, not to, not to blow down Illinois because there are some loyal fans or fans that show up every week. I just think as a collective whole, Iowa state fans, they show up. It doesn't matter if they're two and eight, two and whatever, three and whatever, or they're undefeated. Like it's the same. It's, it's packed. They're ready to go and they want to see Cyclones win. And so, you know, I would say that off the rip, I would say as far as the football programs, um, it's probably different now. But when I was there, it was a, it was it was just different. I would say I think the coaching staff was a lot more tight. You know, and I mean tight by like if you made a mistake, they were taking you out. You know, and you make mistakes in football. Like that's just what it is. But um, at Iowa State, if I made a mistake, keep you in. But it, it allowed me to play and not have to worry about looking over my shoulder like oh, and, and just not being afraid to fail I think that's a lot of that's a big thing in football is you can't be afraid to fail you just gotta like you gotta know your assignment go out there and just get it done and if you fail all right you got the next play you know you shouldn't be having to look over your shoulder I mean there's competition you know and you know that that's what makes teams better but I also don't think when you make one mistake that you just come out the game you know, unless it's like, you know, you're fighting on the field or something like that. But mine was never like that. Um, so I was never able at Illinois to just feel comfortable and just go out there and play. Um, I couldn't be myself as far as just having fun, man, because football has always been fun to me. Like, I'm going to go out there. I may crack jokes, but I know when to, you know, shut it down. Like, I know I want to win at the end of the day. Like, winning is everything to me. You know, and so I hate losing. And so, um, but I have to be myself going out there and playing football. And what Coach Campbell and the coaching staff allowed me to do is be myself, have fun, 
um, you know, treat this like a game, but also it's, it's, you know, I want to win. And they knew that just as much as anybody. Cause I'm, you know, as soon as we get done on offense, we score, they tell us, you know, this is what we need to look for now, blah, 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 blah. As soon as they're, the coaches are done, I'm on the, I'm getting up. I want the defense to do well. So I'm cheering, I'm waving my towel, I'm doing whatever I got to do to be a part of this win. And that's just how I've always, how I've always been like. And so I just think at that time, I don't know how it is now, but Illinois, it was just different. I wasn't ever comfortable enough to be myself and truly be myself on a football field. And at Iowa State, I was. And obviously you saw, you know, different things that we did. And, you know, you could just, I could just tell, I, even my parents, you know, I was just having more fun. I was just having more fun playing the game that I love and that we've all, that we all love. And so um, I think that would be the biggest difference between the two programs if I had to compare my times there. Yeah, that's and going back to the confidence thing, with wide receiver, you can make the argument, hey, they're not in every single play. They can take plays off. But it's also, aside from QB, one of the positions where you have to do more than just one thing. You have to catch, mm-hmm. and then you have to worry about running, then you have to worry mm-hmm. about in a way protecting yourself and, and you got to worry about blocking for David Montgomery bouncing. Exactly, man. And, <laughs> so. and it can so easily just screw up your mentals. Cause there are, there is a lot of assignments on the field and a lot that goes on with the wide receiver position. And I mean, I don't know about you, but catching the ball can get, can be a mental thing. Like you could yeah. drop the easiest passes mm-hmm. just cause you're in your own head too much. And it's mm-hmm. not cause you're a bad receiver. It's just because you're losing confidence. So if, the coach isn't instilling a, a sense of confidence mm-hmm. in you, then, I mean, I'm not trying to discredit Illinois. They, I mean, hell, they just beat Scott. Yeah, I mean, Go line I baby. But I mean, yeah, I mean it, it's good to it know that you found that with Campbell, you know? Yeah, yeah. I kind of, I got my confidence back. And once you have your confidence and you know what you're doing on the field, it's like night and day, you know, especially if you, I mean, literally wide receiver is like a confidence. That's why like when people say, you know, wide receivers are divas, like we gotta be, you know, you gotta be able to be like, I want the best defensive back. He's one-on-one with me and I'm going to kill him all day, every day. And if David's getting the block and he's running, I'm trying to put him on the sideline and, and, and let him know that, you know, I'm, you know, that I'm the superior person on the field today, you know? And so that's just how it is as far as the wide receiver position. You have to have that swagger. You have to have the confidence. You have to be able to have that confidence to run that slant on third and five, and you know you're going to get smacked, and you have to have that confidence enough that I'm going to catch this ball. Even if I get smacked, I'm going to get the first down, and I'm going, you know, we're going to move the chains. It's just it's little stuff like that, you know, that um, wide rec- the wide receiver position is – you know, it's not just, you know, go out there and just run routes. Like, it's very strategic. It's very film-based. Like, these defensive backs are really good, you know, and, and you've got you to gotta be up to your game. Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, um, I'm going to hype you up a little bit here. So, when we interviewed Kyle Kemp, mm-hmm. he mentioned that there are some ballers on the football team. Mm-hmm. and he didn't want us to bring this up with you because he i don't know maybe he doesn't want to he, he doesn't want you to get an ego or something but oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Kemp made a case and said that you would make prom's team i mean prom's not there anymore but apparently you got some mm-hmm. good time or good time what the hell some good ball skills and mm-hmm. i'm wondering 
if you made a team and maybe it could be an interim team, I don't care. If you made a team out of Iowa state football players, who would win MVP? You can't say yourself. Cause I know you want to mm-hmm. say yourself mm-hmm. and you who can else? say yourself. No, you, you can say yourself. What if you, uh, hey, if you're the MVP, you're the MVP. It's, uh, if you're it's MVP, then you can, you can say it. See, here's the type of basketball player I am. I can do everything on the floor. I can, pass, can you dunk? I can shoot. I can. Uh, I'm not really like above the rim, but I can't dunk. Oh, I wish uh, I could dunk. Hakeem, Hakeem, like I at uh, Kali. What was the uh, rec center called? Lead or a state? We were at state. At state, we were in that intramural league. I mean, King can fly. <laughs> like, that's when he can get a, go up and get it. So, he's the one that's like Air Jordan or whatever. Dude, um, think if we're on the other team and we just see Mark yeah. roll up. I'm just shitting my yeah. pants, dude. <laughs> I would can, say, can you just imagine that? Like, <laughs> Yeah. I would say, though, um, we had our intramural team. We were all good. So, like, it would like Keem had a game where he was like, you know, he was balling, like, he was pulling up, hitting shots, you know, and Keem wasn't really the type of Hooper that he was kind of like, throw me the lob, I'll get the rebound, that type of guy, you know, I'll play defense. But, you know, that day he was just, he was playing well. So we kept feeding him. Uh, but I'm kind of a guy that just, I can do it all. Um, if I if I have to score, I will. But if I'm just leading, you know, facilitating the ball, making sure guys get open, that's what I'll do. Um, I could, I probably would be MVP just because my stat sheet would be stuffed. But I will I say that. that there would be competition. Like if I had to pick, you know, Willie Harvey's good. Uh, Keem was good. Uh, who else? Is Marcel pretty good? I think I heard his name. Marcel was pretty good. All right. Um, Carson Epps. Uh, uh, I said Willie Harvey, right? Yeah. Demonte Roof was good. Okay. Um, yeah, he was he was good. He could shoot. Brian Peavy is good. I'm telling I'm telling you, he can pull up from 30. Like he can <laughs> him and him and Willie were like pull up from 30 type and they can really shoot the ball um i'm trying to think Who, who's your like nba comp like if, if you had to say you model your game after the most uh just say lebron james uh, you can say lebron <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> there's like one of him and that's it. Um, I would say John Wall. He was always my okay. favorite player. That's but solid. here's the thing. Here's the thing. John. John, yeah, John. I could shoot though. Like I couldn't really shoot the ball. So I would say John Wall would be my comparison. But I can shoot. I bought his shoes for my sophomore year of basketball. The first year mm-hmm. that came out, they were so cool. The Rezigs, yeah. oh, they were so cool. I, my two, they fell my apart, two, but the, they were very cool. <laughs> my two favorite basketball players, besides like Dirk, Luca, um, was John Wall and Derrick Rose. So that that you know they kind of played similar. Their attack style, they passed mm-hmm. the ball really well. They play defense. Uh, they sh- they're streaky shooters, but I was more of a more I can really shoot the ball. Damn. I love that. Man. But I'm not 6'5 like them and stuff. So <laughs> it's different. 
Hey, you're talking to someone who who's been playing basketball at five eight. So it's yeah, I'll, I'll take know, your high if you want to trade. Yeah, trade. yeah I, I wish I was. I think John was like six four. D Rose is like six three. So they're they and D Rose was just they're both so fast with the ball, and like that's what I like when I was like playing. I wanted to be like as like that fast with the ball and make good decisions, being that fast. Like that was kind of like my thing. Getting to the cup, getting in ones. Saying and one, you know how loud and one stuff like that. So that was kind of like my thing. The people who say and one are always like my favorite basketball players to play with. Just like yeah. whenever you get someone in pickup, who, who, who's like an and one, one guy? That's like one of my favorite things. I'll, I'll yell and one even if I didn't get the call and I made the layup or something. Like I'm yelling and one. You got to. Uh, that's that's staying true to the and one brand. Yeah, got to so you touched on this a little bit earlier but like kind of how um you know david led by example of like putting mm-hmm. in the extra like work and, and sort of was you know a little bit of the start of the process but yep. you know the other thing is that like there were so many people that like you could learn from as an athlete that mm-hmm. like i feel like even the wide receiver room itself had so much talent while you were there mm-hmm. you know but then you look you look around the, the team as a whole there's there's a ton of just great guys that you know had success and yeah. and everything like that you know as an athlete like how beneficial is it to be in an environment like that where you know you're constantly being pushed by people who sort of demand excellence from themselves yeah it's huge but it's also like intimidating it as well like you know i was like the whole training camp uh, going into that 2017 season, it was me and Brian Peavy every day when it was like one, like one offense, one defense. And I was like, Peavy so quick and he's short and he's so, he's like stocky. I was like, I've got to, you know, I've, no, I've got to bring it every single day. Like I can't, I can't have a bad day. Cause he's going to embarrass me. You know what I'm saying? He's going to, you know what I'm saying? Like PV, PV and uh, Deandre Payne, like they were, Deandre was a little different, but um, PV, like I was going up against him every day, one-on-ones every day. Like it was crazy. I was like, I was getting so much better just competing with him. uh, And I'm, I'm pretty sure he got better just competing with me, but we were literally like not fighting, but we were literally like, you know, it would be those plays where it was a 50-50 ball and I would win, he would win, I would win. Like, it was back and forth, back and forth. But I think being in that type of environment, it's huge because iron is sharpening iron and guys are getting better and they're pushing each other to the limit, you know, where it gets to the point where the game is almost not – like super easy but it's like they don't even know what i'm doing like i know our defense after the second third week of camp they're like i know what this check is you know so like now you gotta figure out ways to like still make the play even though they know exactly where it's going and they know exactly what you're running at this particular depth you just gotta figure it out there's no then nobody's gonna be have any sympathy for you like it's weak two week three of camp like there is no sympathy i know if y'all have been i know it gets hot out there but you know add, add some uh pads and a helmet and you know that's about 10 to 15 more degrees and you know when you got brian pv out there across from you but and you're battling every day you've got to bring it you've got to bring it or you'll get embarrassed and 
you know, a lot of the times I was on the side where the defense was. So I'm hearing it from the defensive side. And, you know, you, you can't you just it just is also a pride thing, you know, being in that type of environment. It's like you don't want to be that guy to be the weak link. So you got to go out there and perform and you got to just, you know, be like everybody else and, and, and play ball. And so uh, I think it's huge being in that type of environment. And as we can see each year, you know, with the level of talent that we're getting and, you know, guys are really competing. Guys are just getting better and better and better and better and better. And that's why we're, you know, a top 10 ranked preseason team. Mm-hmm. Well, so, yeah. Marchie, first of all, thank you so much for doing this with us, man. We're, mm-hmm. I got one more question. If that's yeah. cool. Yeah, no problem. Um, yeah, dude, you, you did not have to give us an hour of your time. You are, you are outstanding. But, man, um, I ain't doing nothing, so. Yeah, <laughs> I, I got you. Man. So, as you just said, we got a pretty exciting team here. And um, I have been more so impressed by how sustainable we've been with wide receivers the past five years. And specifically, mm-hmm. you know, we got we got some dogs. We got yeah. Joe Skates, who I think is a sleeper, Sean mm-hmm. Shaw, and Xavier Hutchinson, who have already been proven. Tariq Milton, who's coming back from an injury, who I think could have his best year ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so many that I haven't even named with Darren Wilson. Is there any particular player on the team currently that you think emulates your game pretty well? Mm. Uh, I don't think anybody. Mm. Not really. And here's why there's just, okay. the guys are just so unique. Like, Joe Skates is 6'4". I'm 6'1". You know, he's a speedster. Like, he can really run. He can, he can go up and get the ball. Um, Sean Shaw, 6'6". Six, six. I'm 6'1". Um, I would say I'm a shorter – I'm probably a shorter – I could say maybe Sean. I kind of see similar, you know. But, yeah, as far as this group, I think they're really talented. They're good at – their own specific skill set. I wouldn't say anybody like reminds me of myself. Um, I mean, with all due respect to this wide receiver core, I mean, you guys were insane with Lazard. Yeah, I think I think that, I think this group could be more talented. I you really think? do. Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, I like hearing I think that. They got, they got potential. Yeah. I mean, I they mean, did, yeah. I mean, if, if you know, Sean's played ball and he's made big plays. Joe Skates made a couple big plays. Uh, Xavier Hutchinson's looking like the guy coming off last year. Um, not to mention we have Tariq Milton. There's this freshman cat named Jalen Noel that I'm really excited. Oh, yeah. About, uh, that's supposed to be really good. Um, I mean, I'm probably forgetting a couple, you know. I'm just going off the top of my head. Uh, am I forgetting somebody? Oh, uh, uh, golly, number 17. He's a speedster. Is that Darren Wilson? Is he 17? Darren Wilson. It is. Okay. 17. Um, yeah, but I mean, all the, I think this group's going to be, I, I hope this group's going to be better. And because I really think the season, if I had a position group that if they excel, this season could be special. I think it's the wide receiver group. And I think it's because um, we've always had that one receiver. But we, ne- I think 
our year we had, you know, Allen, Hakeem, E, Deshante, Trevor Ryan, and then Matt Eaton was like, had, yeah, Matt Eaton. He was damn solid too. You no, know, like Matt made some big plays in the game. So like, I think he had two or three touchdowns against Tech alone. I mean, he yeah, he scored he scored against TCU, and we only scored fourteen points. Big. Um, and so I think they could be more. I think they're more. I honestly think they're more talented than us. Uh, I think as far as the depth wise, they have depth. Um, now we just we have to. I know. I think for the most part, we know who the number one guy is. That's Xavier. Now we need other guys to step up. Sean Shaw. I think they've done good job. But now it's there's another to be a championship team. You have to play at a championship level. So that means the whole wide receiver position group has to play at a championship level, kind of like uh, Alabama, you know, Clemson and LSU. I think they're the last three national championships. They all had elite receiving cores. They didn't just have one guy that everyone knew was getting the ball. They were scared of, you know, this guy. And if we try to take away this guy, these two guys go off. And so that's what I want for this group. I want this group to be a scary group. I don't want it just to be one or two guys. Hopefully it's a scary group. And I'm not even, and I'm forgetting, you know, we've got the number one tight end in the country. So number he's one running back. Number too. one running back. We got the number one These guys just got to win their one-on-ones. That's it's that because that's what they're going to get most of the time. Because teams are going to game plan to take Brees out of the game, Cole out of the game. Mm-hmm. And it's like, all right, if, if, our number one receiver mm-hmm. Xavier is, is already, you know, whatever third in the pecking order of a, yeah. a defensive team's game plan. Like, you know, these other guys are, are can, can really take off yeah. because it's just, it's gotten to that point where, you know, there's, there's so much talent. On Think about how end. easier the offense is going to be if the receivers are getting open and now coaching staff has to think, how the heck am I going to stop this receiving core? And then you hand the ball off to number 28, like, and then not to mention, if we do a read option, Brock can take it for yeah. 10 15. Like it's a, it's a, it's literally, I'm looking at the offense, like the only, the offensive line is, is good and experienced tight end core solid. We have the best tight end in the country. We have a four year starter at quarterback. We literally have an all American running back. And I think Jirel's going to play really well this year. Jarrell is going to be a, you know, he's, he's had a couple moments where I'm like, yo, he's going to be good. Did you and see it's like when he ran over, he legs. ran over a couple people last year. Yeah. Like, forgot what game it was, but he ran over people. And, um, and he, you know, he was under Brees and Kane and those guys are good. So he's only just getting better, but the only group that there's like, who like, they need to elevate their play is the wide receiver group. And I think if the wide receiver group does that, I don't know how you stop us, honestly, because if you can throw the ball deep, you can protect 15, you can run the ball with 28 and you have tight ends that are weapons. That's a key word. Tight ends. The fact you got Chase Allen to throw to if Kolar's ever taken it's you're going to be excited, man. This is going to be a very, not even, not even to mention, you know, hopefully nothing happens. But I'm just as I'm, you know, even though it was a couple of plays, I've got Hunter Decker, Hunter Deckers as a backup, and he throws some dimes. The future. Yeah. So I'm like, if my wide receiver group can just 
perform like they need to be and play at a championship level, this team could be really scary. Absolutely, man. Yeah. I'm very excited for it. It's the season cannot come quick enough. Yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait. Mm-hmm. Northern well, Iowa um, always gives us that pain, though. This is it's just you know, and then you know, next week is gonna be so huge. I just hope we just stay focused. Yeah, no the the U and I game. I'm always we were told not to be nervous about it from from Bryce. He was a U and I grad, but mm-hmm. I don't think I'm ever gonna watch a U and I game no. completely. It's, it's an in state school. Yeah. I mean, hell, Drake was nothing special, and they almost beat us. So yeah. I'm never gonna take any in state school mm-hmm. lightly. It's just yeah. there's too much there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just you know I don't have a problem with the. I know we're gonna be at next week. Or the the week following that, like that's a given. You know, the whole state's gonna be there, so you you have nothing but to be amped for a game like that. But for Northern Iowa, you know, they're under the radar. You know, obviously we went through, but I think what last year what we did when we lost the first game, I think it'll focus us for this game to where we'll come out and we'll we'll try we'll you know execute um, at a high level. Um, I know they got a good quarterback. That quarterback, he was there a couple of years ago in that um, crazy overtime game. Um, but I think we should be fine. I don't know. I'm not going to say it's a blowout or anything. I don't know what's going to happen, but I think we should win comfortably. Yeah, I think that was my prediction on our season preview for episode two. I said we'll we'll win by more than one possession, but it won't be two touch. It won't be more than two touchdowns, in my opinion. But yeah. You know, we'll see. And um, Newt, before I close, I, do you have any more questions? No, I, I just want to say thanks again for hopping on, Marchie. It's a, a blast. And mm-hmm. if you said you're going to be back for the Iowa game, we definitely mm-hmm. got to get a beer or something. So. Yeah, yeah, we do. Uh, I'm going to be – yeah, I'll be there from Thursday to – I'll be there. I'll be in Ames probably. I'm driving from Omaha. That's like a two-hour trip, right? Two and a half, three. Wait, Omaha you're going to into Omaha? So Stop fly. by, say hi before you head out. Ah, oh, damn, okay. never mind then. <laughs> yeah, I'm flying into Omaha, and then uh, my dad's coming with me. Um, so we're going to drive up to Ames. We'll be in Ames probably Thursday afternoon-ish. Um, and then, so, yeah, we, we definitely got to do something. I'll be in Des Moines. I'll be – my hotel's in Des Moines. So I'll be, I'll be around. So just let me know. Yeah, man. Definitely. Well – we, we're, we're taking a party bus from Des Moines to Ames. And if, if you want, you're more than welcome to come to my parents. Quick, uh, it's a good time. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I was about to say, like, I, it's been so long. Like what time should I wake up to tailgate early, early? I mean, the game's at three <laughs> 30. So I'm thinking like everybody's going to be up at like 6 a.m. And Maybe. I'm like, uh, 6 a.m. Wake up. <laughs> it's a it's a little hard at first but then you like get out in the the still like brisk morning air and you crack mm-hmm. your first like bush light and you're like yeah okay I'm i want to i want to i want to be out there i want to be out there pretty early so i'll probably be out there no later than 9 a.m all right, all right. We'll, we'll definitely we'll, we'll connect yeah, so we'll, we'll, we'll get you to we'll definitely connect yeah yeah, yes. yeah i'll i'll definitely i'll definitely swing by over there it's it's uh, right by the north entrance, takes... so even if you're going into the game, you'll run into us. We'll we'll have like a maker's mark shot or whatever you want to do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm man. Look, I'm a, a fan, so I'm just a normal fan. Just want to you know experience tailgate life. 
because I never got really got to. Like I said, man, that's why I appreciate you. You're like all of us, just an Iowa State fan who's not mm-hmm. afraid to show your personality, dude. We yeah, appreciate just, it. I'm just a regular dude, man, just having to play football. Good shit. <laughs> well, um, everyone go check out Marchie's podcast. Marchie, if you could plug your podcast really quick so people uh, know how to get to it. Oh, well, I'm actually uh, – so I'm on uh, Wide Ride Natty Light Podcast. We actually have a show coming out. We recording tomorrow um, with Levi Stevenson. I know you guys probably know Levi. Um, so I have a podcast with them, um, been on a long hiatus with my podcast. So I'll probably be either having somebody actually on my podcast soon, but it's actually called the last word with March. Um, it's on Apple. Um, I have eight episodes out. If y'all want to just tap in, it's on Apple podcasts. It's on Spotify. Um, it's on different uh, social media platforms. Those just two of them the two of the main ones um check them out let me know what you think um i'll be back to that shortly so yeah well good stuff man and yeah seriously thank you so much for coming on it's, it's been awesome we'll have to have you on some other time maybe uh down the road this season but yeah. um again thank you very much appreciate it man and uh hopefully the hawks and the panthers won't give us too much ish too many issues. We're recording this before the Panther game, but we're going to put it out probably before Cyhawk. So got it, uh, got it. hopefully we're not, yeah. you know, talking with egg on our face, the Panther game here, but we'll see. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks again to Marchi for that interview. We honestly had a blast talking to him. I'm, I'm really hoping to, to drink a beer or two with him this upcoming weekend. Uh, like, like we mentioned at the end there, uh, but honestly a ton of fun to talk to him specifically about 2017 Iowa state football season. That was so much fun as a fan to watch. Um, and I'm sure as a player, and we obviously heard some stories from Marchie where he loved it. So um, I can only imagine how much fun that had to be uh, from the player side. Um, with this, we, you know, we, we kind of touched on the Seahawks game with, with Marchie a little bit too, but we're going to, you know, give our sort of in-depth uh, thoughts and feelings now um, after the UNI game, how we're feeling going into the game. It's a top 10 matchup now, Mason. Um, Iowa State's mm-hmm. ninth. Iowa jumped all the way up to 10th after uh, thoroughly sort of um, beating Indiana here. So with that, how are you feeling? It is, it is Tuesday. The game is a couple days away here and uh, just, you know, general thoughts and feelings (laughs) heading into the weekend. You know, so I really only look at two things and this is just what my brain is capable of. I look at quarterback play to see if the quarterback is a threat because if you don't, if, if you got a great quarterback, then I'm scared immediately. Um, and then the second one is just overall team play. And I thought there was a huge discrepancy between the two. So Spencer Petras, 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 however you pronounce it, 13 for 27, 145 yards. I don't know that. And I, I've always felt this way about Petras when I saw him play last year. He just, to me, seems like a gunslinger who's kind of, uh, <laughs> I don't know how he's going to play necessarily. He reminds me of a, of a B minus Jameis Winston almost. Um, but dude has a cannon of an arm, pretty athletic guy. However, how he played yesterday, 34 to six and throw, you know, completing less than 50% of your passes, 145 yards. I think a couple of them were um, actually, you know, I, I think I'm wrong right there. Yeah. A, lo- a lot of their points were scored off the defense. There's two pick sixes, a third pick, and on top of that, a 56-yard run from Tyler Goodson. Spencer with a nine-yard run, got to give him that. And then the 50, yeah, 55-yard interception. 
41 yard field goal. I'm just reading the box score. So that I'm not doing much for you guys here, but what I see in a lot of that is just, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not too threatened by the guy, but at the same time, I've never really been threatened by an, an Iowa quarterback. So I think I need to get my head out of my ass there and just start actually looking at their team. And their, their defense looks super good. So the defense does concern me as it always does. Um, but overall, I think it could just be a defensive battle through and through could almost see more defensive points than offensive points. Most likely not, but I don't know. I I'm, I'm afraid it's going to be another boring, um, low scoring game. Hopefully I'm wrong there, but you know, I, I don't know what to make of it because Iowa state and, and you and I also, they can never, they can never have a game that is ever, you know, to Vegas standards. When I saw the 28.5 cover, I bet the Panthers call me about Iowa state fan, but I did because that was easy money. And I know how we start every single season and, and you and I, so other people, you know, if you don't watch Iowa state much, you're probably concerned watching that game. If you're an Iowa state fan, I think it's pretty much what a lot of us expected, unfortunately. Um, but we came out with a W and I don't know. I, I don't feel great about it, but I don't hate it. How do you feel? Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I agree with the Vegas line. I had a friend this weekend text me the the plus you and I, you had, you said 28 something. He said like plus 30 or whatever you and I, I just sent back agree um, because yep. <laughs> it's just, and, and we, we touched on it a little bit with, with Marchie too, because we, we did talk about the you and I game, but we just talked about how, you know, there are sort of that, the first game rust or, or jitters or slow out of the gate, whatever you want to call it. You, you, you can call it whatever you want, but you know, we, we've seen specifically with, with Matt Campbell that Iowa State struggles out of the gates. Um, and that's that's pretty par for the course. You know, I, I thought the defense played very well for Iowa State. Obviously, expect yeah. that. It's been, it's been such a, a solid foundation for us. Um, it keeps us in so many games. Um, does great for our field position. You know, they allowed the, the one long touchdown play. Other than that, stout defense, um, very stout, and, and a good performance, and, and that's that's you know what you want. And I would be much more worried if if the defense looked bad than the offense maybe being a little bit more conservative and, and not doing as well versus you and I heading into the Iowa game. With that, I mean Iowa had had a good showing against Indiana. You know, really good. Do we really know how good this Indiana team was? I, I'm not sure because they're only winless they had a big win last year against Penn state who ended up being awful. And that was like their momentum carrier was the fact that they beat a Penn state team who ended up being unranked. And I don't even think it was 500 on the year last year with a like COVID and, and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, it was, and that's, that's the other thing too about, I hate preseason polls and like, you know, yeah, I'll hype for it because like you truly do not know how teams, how good teams are. And then it also just like puts a lot of bias into other teams rankings. Cause if, if you always have teams that are overranked or that should not be ranked that are, are ranked too highly, they lose. And then it, it pushes other teams up. I call it the sec effect because it happens in the sec where they always have like seven ranked teams and then some unranked teams beat them or a, a better sec team that was maybe lower ranked, uh, collects a couple wins. And regardless, you still have high ranking sec teams because they, sort of cannibalize each other on it and, and they keep those rankings. But, That's you know, I was still obviously had a great dominating performance, you know, defense stepped up, offense just did enough. It looks like, you know, so that's, 
a recipe for success for them. They, mm -hmm. that's, you know, how they win games, especially when you have maybe a quarterback who has a little bit less experience or, you know, whatever, if you can have a defense that's stout control a game and, um, you know, give you short fields, turnovers, touchdowns, points. I mean, the defense alone for Iowa scored more points than Indiana. So, um, <laughs> you know, it, it does worry me. I, I do agree with you. I, I think Iowa, Iowa State's going to be low scoring. It's going to be about field position, and it's probably going to be about just not fucking up. Like, that's, that's what it's going to come down to. It's going to be no blown or big plays, no bad special teams, and, what, and no costly turnovers. And that sounds so football, but it really matters mm -hmm. for this, these teams that are going to be sort of defense focused, hope that the offense takes advantage of their defense making plays or, or short fields. And the other, you know, aspect is, is winning on special teams, creating long fields, having good punts, um, covering kicks well, all that kind of stuff. And it should be two, two well-coached games um, from both sides. So, I mean, as an Iowa State fan, I, I I've, and for the last couple of years, every game that we've gone into, I've always felt like we've had a chance because we have good defense. I, I think that's something that can always keep you in games, like regardless of how your offense is. Yeah. Because a good defense can create turnovers, possibly put points up and keep you in it, even when your offense is struggling. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know. Well, that was kind of high. Yeah. That was kind of what was interesting to me about the game because it never really felt like we were going to lose even though we weren't really playing any sort of dominant football it was just because our our defense looked so stout and yeah I think they had one big play that was their only score but other than that they, they couldn't move the ball in a save their life which is why I was so relaxed watching a uh, a low scoring you know win against the UNI team like the entire game I was just relaxed I'm like all right you know we're not looking too hot but what's you and I doing against us? They're not doing anything. So I think you're exactly right. The big plays could be everything. If you remember two years ago, we had the, uh, the Shante Jones to, um, Oh my gosh, number seven wide receiver. Why am I blanking? Well, Michael Petway. We had that as one of our, you know, couple touchdowns. So I think big plays will be very important. And if you can eliminate all of them, okay, good for Iowa state, but we are, we're going to need some big plays in our end too. And I, it was a tough read to just watch, you know, the Iowa-Indiana game. I mean, so Indiana was one of the only few schools that had four players, four returning players ranked in the top 10 at their position. So, you know, that's kind of why they're rated so, you know, so highly. But Michael Penix had three interceptions and every single one of them was bad. It was a little bit of, okay, Iowa was in the right spot. Good for them but a lot of it was just terrible, terrible decision-making that you or and I could have made a better play on either of them. And it was just, I don't know, like a, a lot of it was, I would look great. Good for them. But Indiana did not show any real threat despite having, you know, maybe a decent returning cast coming for this year, but Oh gosh, the, the tape just looks so tough against Indiana. And I don't know, it, two things can be true at once. I will look good. They were in the right positioning. Good for them. But Indiana, I mean, it's hard to measure up how good Iowa actually is after watching a, a performance like that. Maybe I'm too hard on them. I don't know. But also at the same time, when a, when a QB completes less than 50% of his passes and they still blow out a team 34 to six, you can't be telling me that that's not all just Iowa dominating. A lot of that is I, Indiana played horribly. Like it was a bad game on Indiana's end. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we'll see here. Um, you know, obviously Iowa's defense showed that they can, they can cause turnovers. So that's, you know, obviously a little, a little worrisome, but I, I mean, Brock yeah. played pretty well. I, it, was, it was conservative, but, you know, he completed a fair amount of his passes. I think he only had like five incompletions. Yeah, no, Brock, um, Brock did well. What, what do you think about Brees? I, I think Iowa State was just kind of conservative. Um, I agree. We only opened and, up a fourth of the playbook, I guarantee it. Yeah, and, you know, I, I'm not sure exactly why that is. I, I don't I don't really think there's a, a, a need for – a unit that's as experienced and as skillful for them to maybe be as conservative as maybe they, they were, but whatever, a win's a win. I, I'm not going to keep dwelling on it. I also think it's like, I honestly think it's kind of good that they had to play a full game against you and I, I, I think that, sure. that, yeah, I, I think there are some factors that, that make me feel a little bit better about this game, if that even makes sense. But the fact that like Iowa State, probably didn't play that great and still eked out a win. Iowa played really like whatever box score. Good. Um, got a big jump boost in the rankings, all kind of stuff. And maybe are sort of feeling a little bit, whatever, like less underdoggy going into it. Cause they probably thought sure. underdoggy going into like, Oh yeah. Iowa state's way, you know, like they're the national media darlings right now. And now everyone's like, Oh, Iowa state barely escaped this. Like you and I think so like the narratives changed a little bit. We've had game day here before, so I don't think that's a distraction. Like, I really do think that was a, a kind of a distraction in, in 2019. It, it was like the oh, first yeah. time game day had been in Ames. It's a big deal. Like, you, you can say that the players and staff aren't whatever paying attention to it, but that's definitely a big fucking deal. So I, I think there are kind of a lot of factors that make me feel not like confident, but a little bit more comfortable with it. Um, you know, it's still Iowa. It's that's what it is. Yeah. It's a rivalry game. You're never gonna feel comfortable about this game, no matter what, no matter what Iowa State's ranking is, or if they're good or bad or whatever, because it's a rivalry game and it's crazy. Um, but, but you know, I, I just I, I think that some of those factors might cause Iowa State to maybe be a little bit more more focused or sort of geared up and ready to go, and it could maybe make Iowa a little bit less, you know guarded or, or focused but it's also a rivalry game and um so like both teams are going to show up kirk Ferentz shows up usually in big games too so like mm-hmm. that's that's what it is but you know i, I guess i'm kind of i kind of like where the, the how the circumstances change I, I think it's it's kind of played in iowa state's favor a little bit um and i agree and, with you you know, I, I guess that's what I, I'll leave it at. I, I st- like, I still, I, I'm still in the same boat of like, I'm not going to call Iowa State being Iowa until I see it because, you know, Campbell hasn't done it yet. And that's just what it is. Um, and so I'll happily eat crow. I would love to eat crow, but that's just where it is. So mm-hmm. um, that's kind of, kind of my thoughts and feelings heading into it. Um, I'm excited for it. I think it's going to be a blast. You know, Jack Trice was bumping. Um, who, who do you got to cover the spread? Know. It's it's five and a half. It's five and a half. Yeah, I would say favor five and a half. I will take Iowa all day on that. I, I hate to I don't, agree with you. I, I yeah. think a team wins by by three or four here. You know, um, I, I really don't see larger than a touchdown um, on this one, except for maybe at the end with maybe a team taking a risk or something like that. But I just, I think this one's gonna be a grind. I think. 
20 points easily wins this one or something. I, I don't know. <laughs> like th- these teams have great defense and I think that's just how it's going to play. It's going to, it's going to be all about field position and turnovers. And that's, that's really what it's going to come down to. And you have two teams that love to play that style where it's like, we're going to make you beat our defense for like 85 yards for a touchdown. You're going to earn your points. We're not going to give anything like free. And so, um, yeah, I, 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 as far as spread, I'd obviously take Iowa on that, but I also, like I said, I, my gut's going to keep telling me that they're going to win until they, they don't, um, because mm-hmm. of it, but that's well, I mean, at. I'm just hoping that it's not as boring as a 2018 game where, I, I couldn't even tell you this, the overall score of it. It was just awful. Couldn't move the ball at all. Um, hey, here's a, a fun stat. Fast. Brees Hall, guess how many yards he had against you and I? Give it to me. 69. Nice. That, that's nice. a bad good stat. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a bad good stat, you know? But, um, you know, Xavier really showed that he was probably going to be our, our guy, which I think most of us expected. I still think we have some of the best wide receiver depth um, in the big 12, if not the most, you know, wide receiver depth in the big 12. So he had, I think 88 yards against you and I um, X with 88. Love to see that. And then Tariq showed up for a couple of plays too. I love that they had Jalen Noel in there though. So if he's one of those guys that I was, I was afraid um, when we got him because I saw how, how many other wide receivers we have. And I was like, He's got a lot of dudes to beat out in order to get some play time, but he's too damn good for us to let transfer. So I was pumped to see him in there and, and you know, get familiar with the game. He looked good. He looks fast. Uh, I don't know. I, I'm very curious to see how he progresses throughout the season, but you know, Brees not his best showing Xavier looks solid and yeah, Purdy 21 for 26, 199 yards. I mean, a lot less attempts than Petrus and still had more yards than him. So there, there's there's good promise but it's game one you know how i would say plays game one i mean you know how it went last year so not too surprised i'll, I'll take the dub I'll, I'll take i will the dub. too so uh-huh. all right any all right. closing thoughts here otherwise i mean the people got a a, a great hour plus of marchy um mm-hmm. thanks again marchy for for hopping on we'll we'll have to do it again shortly here um middle of the season or something but uh, with that, any, any closing thoughts here before we wrap it up? Yeah, just everyone check out the – if you're not going in the game, check it out at BNC Fieldhouse, best place to watch a Cyclone game. Um, really excited for it this weekend. And otherwise, I'm good, man. Roll clones. Let's kill them this week. All right, roll clones. We'll see you guys next week.